going to begin in Carborough, where police have issued a juvenile petition against a McDougal Middle School student after they reportedly threatened a staff member on Monday. No weapons were involved, no other details due to student privacy laws, but the student has been charged with threatening mass violence on school property. School principal Chris Horn sent a message to families saying appropriate consequences have been applied, direct quote there. But WRAL reports the employee who got threatened was unhappy that school administrators did not immediately notify staff when the incident happened on Monday. Staying in Carborough, the town council on Tuesday voted 5-1 to one in favor of a zoning adjustment to allow for a five-story residential building on Main Street near Carborough Plaza. Council also voted to cap the number of total residents allowed in the new building at 38. The one no vote came from Randy Haven O'Donnell. The Hillsborough Town Board also met this week with an update on downtown parking. After hearing from business owners, town staff are embarking on a parking study to gather more details. 97.9 The Hills' Brighton McConnell has more. We've known that the parking issue was kind of coming. That's Shannon Campbell, the town of Hillsborough's planning and economic development manager. We were planning to do a parking study in 2020, and then obviously COVID happened, so there wasn't a whole lot of activity in downtown in late 2020 to be able to do an effective parking study. But now that we're seeing a full recovery again, we're having some complaints about the lack of available parking and the turnover of the parking down there. Some of those complaints came from a recent check-in town staff held with downtown and West Hillsboro business owners in January. In addition to safety concerns, the group raised examples of not having enough parking for patrons in the public deck off Nash and Colic Street or along roads. A parking study could help Hillsborough identify the exact amount of parking spaces available, as well as just how much traffic uses public spaces in town at any given time, and what strategies to use for peak parking hours or special events. Campbell said staff is preparing to search for a consultant to conduct the study and hopes to partner with groups like the Durham-Chapel Hill-Carborough Metropolitan Planning Organization to help secure funding for the project. Town Commissioner Matt Hughes told 97.9 The Hill that such a resource could be valuable for the local government as it makes decisions about the future for all Hillsboro. That's going to look at, you know, not just the availability of parking in downtown, but look at public and private lots and really take a, a comprehensive view that includes some business areas in the north side of town, in West Hillsboro, as well as downtown. So that should be a very helpful uh, document to really help us plan where we need to put parking, if we need additional parking, and how is it currently being used. Hughes pointed to one recent addition of public parking the town facilitated to both add more spots and to accommodate people who took the liberty of claiming space along the street. We have actually created additional spaces in downtown um, by really just using existing roadway that was very wide and people were already illegally parking um, along King Street in particular. So that goes all the way up to Hassel Street now where there is striped uh, parking and then you can also you know, park there and walk and enjoy the community. So we've gotten creative in, in that and DOT gave us the permission, which was even better. In the meantime, Campbell told the town board some short-term ways staff are hoping to ease downtown stakeholders' concerns. One way is that staff will suggest good practices to businesses having parking problems and see if those make a difference. And a lot of that's educating the businesses. Like, if you want there to be parking for your, your patrons, you and your employees can't park in all the prime parking and trying to get them to park their folks over in the deck versus on street. You can watch the full parking report shared by Hillsborough Town staff during Monday's work session by visiting chapelboro.com. For 97.9 The Hill, 
I'm Brighton McConnell. Over now to Raleigh, where a three-judge panel heard arguments yesterday in Governor Roy Cooper's lawsuit challenging recent changes to the makeup of state and county election boards, which shift appointment power from the governor to the legislature. Cooper says that shift violates the state constitution. The same three judges agreed with Cooper back in November and issued a temporary injunction blocking the law. Now Cooper's asking to make that permanent. Back locally, the Chamber for Greater Chapel Hill Carborough hosted NC State economist Michael Walden for an economic forecast event last week discussing how the economy is likely to develop in the coming year. Dr. Walden stopped by our studios afterward to share details about where our local economy stands now and what we can expect in 2024. Weekly earnings, which have actually declined when you adjust for inflation over the last several years, actually they grew in the Chapel Hill-Durham metropolitan area, which is uh, very unusual and I think very much a sign of the vibrant economy here. Well, this region will be influenced by what happens nationally. Uh, nationally, what economists think will happen in 2024 is, number one, no recession. Uh, most economists expected a recession last year. We did not have that, which was good for economists to be wrong, including me. But no recession. But I, I everything is going to be keyed off of when and how much will the Federal Reserve reduce interest rates? They're really in the driver's seat in terms of how fast the economy moves and, and what direction it moves. My particular forecast is that they are not going to lower interest rates in the first half of the year, which means that effectively loans will still be expensive. I think there may be some bumpiness the way I like to put it. I think there'll be some potholes in the economy in the first half of the year, but there won't be a, a crevice that's, uh, that you're going to send you off a cliff. So I don't think an official recession, but for some industries like commercial real estate, uh, where a lot of things have been happening, it may feel like a recession. Good news is in the second half, I think the Federal Reserve will be in interest rate cutting mode. I think they could cut interest rates several times, and I think that will boost the economy from any sort of shortfalls it might have had in the first half. That's Dr. Michael Walden there. Get the full conversation in the News on the Hill section of Chapelboro.com. Speaking of business news, we just got an update from the folks at Mediterranean Deli, still recovering from that big fire back in July. Their Chapel Hill location is still under construction, but Med Deli is opening a new location in downtown Elon this Saturday at 11 a.m. And finally, happy 18th birthday and 72nd anniversary to Community Works Thrift Shop in Carborough. They were founded on Leap Day, February 29th, 1952. 618, your time. Time now for sports. Brought to this hour by CIMG Residential Mortgage. UNC got two more wins on the diamond yesterday. In baseball, the 17th-ranked Tar Heels beat Longwood 12-3. Alberto Osuna was 3-for-4 with two homers and a double to lead the way. Down the road at Anderson Stadium, Kenna Ray Dark threw a complete game shutout to lead Carolina softball to a 1-0 win over Oakland. Lexi Godwin got the game-winning RBI in the first inning a day after driving in 10 runs against NC Central. Now the spotlight turns to basketball, where the Tar Heel women are back in action tonight on the road at Boston College. UNC is one of 16, six teams separated by just one game and a fight for third place in the ACC standings. BC, meanwhile, is trying to snap a 10-game losing streak. Tip-off time is 7 o'clock. we got all the action for you right here on 97.9 The Hill, starting with pregame coverage at 6.30. 
Elsewhere in sports, a disappointing finish in Vegas for the top-ranked UNC men's golf team this week. They finished seventh at the Southern Highlands Collegiate with wrapped up Tuesday. Better news for the Tar Heel track and field team. They put five competitors in next weekend's NCAA Indoor Championships. Parker Wolf will compete in the 3,000 and 5,000 meters. Alex Phillip will also compete in the 5,000 meters. Ethan Strand will run the mile, and Wolf and Strand will join Andrew Regnier and Kyle Reinheimer for the men's distance relay. The tournament begins next Thursday in Boston. And in hockey, the Carolina Hurricanes are back in action tonight on the road at Columbus. Faceoff time is 7 p.m. Now we turn to Keenan Stadium, where Tar Heel football fans this past season were treated to special performances at halftime by a grad student baton twirler who wowed the crowd with choreography and stunts. UNC's Media Hub had a chance recently to get a closer look, and Sophia Baserto filed this report. Sporting events are home to all kinds of entertainment. The game itself, contests, music, and performances. Cheerleaders or dance teams come on to keep the hype going on during breaks. And they're not the only ones. She will like an yeah. At baton twirling, Julia Archiola wows the crowd at Carolina basketball, football, and any other sporting game she can attend. In the Smith Center, you can catch her coming in for a timeout, cleanly catching three batons before she throws them up again. Archiola has been twirling since she was five. What started as a way for her parents to entertain her led her to three titles at the U.S. National Championships. And she's represented Team USA five times at the World Championships. But her biggest goal was twirling in college. College twirling is almost a like a pinnacle in every little twirler's minds. Archiola is the feature twirler at UNC, the last one having been in 2020. It's also a position that's not easily filled for two main reasons, performance and demand. Nobody auditioned that I felt was capable of performing at a high level all the time. That's Jeff Fuchs, UNC band director. Arqueola's addition to the band has been easy. She's so advanced that she doesn't require a coach. If Fuchs tells her that during a performance he wants her here, here, and here, she'll be there, all while choreographing her own routines. Also, there aren't a lot of people interested in the position. Lauren Noggle of the Flores Baton Club says that North Carolina isn't what you would call a twirling state, as some states in the Midwest are. I feel like it used to be maybe in like the 70s and 80s. If we were performing in a parade, I'll hear, oh, I used to take classes. Noggle is a former NC State twirler and the head of the Flourish Baton Club. She trains about 20 twirlers from across the state. Five, six, seven, eight. Flourish. Flora Squibb brought her daughter from Fayetteville to train. Ryan started twirling when she was three, and it was something her mother and grandmother did in their youth. At eight years old, she loves it. My favorite thing about baton twirling is... My mom used to take baton trolling when she was five years old. Palmer Politic loves practicing with her team. Her mother, Melissa Politic, grew up in Ohio, where everyone trolled as a child. It was something that you started in kindergarten. and Everybody did it for a couple years. Anyone you talk to will tell you they did it for at least a year or two. But now, she can't even secure official twirling shoes for Palmer. They're so scarce and are regularly sold out online. Despite the small community, twirlers form lasting bonds through shared love for the sport. And that helps grow the sport, especially in a non-twirling state. Arqueola is helping it grow, too. People in the twirling world know her. We've started to get a lot more interest in really good twirlers. I'm Sofia Basurto reporting. For the UNC Media Hub, a course in the Husman School of Media and Journalism. You can read a profile on our website, chapelboro.com.